Hi, everyone. This is Steve Bose. Before we get to today's show, for myself and for Trish McFarland, I want to thank all the listeners of the HR Happy Hour show over these many, many years. This is HR Happy Hour episode number 400. That's super exciting. That's a milestone. We're so happy to be doing the show still, and we're so happy that you're there with us along the way. Today's show is an awesome one. We have a great guest coming up, Mary Battle from Panasonic North America, talking all about employer branding and internships and connecting company core principles and values to your branding and your recruiting and your internship experiences. So a great conversation coming up from Mary. Uh, but first, we also want to thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by People Strategy. From intuitive hire-to-retire HR technology to comprehensive benefits consulting and HR services, People Strategy offers employers a single source for the tools and services necessary to attract, manage, and retain talent. You can learn more at peoplestrategy.com. So many thanks to them. Thanks to Mary, and thanks to all of you once again. All right, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bose. Great to be with you. I am joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, what is happening? Hi, Steve. It is a great day. How are you? <laughs> that didn't sound as sincere as uh, I believe it maybe could have. Yes, it's a great day here too. I'll share. I'll share with you, Trish, okay. uh, and the listeners. Just a little tidbit, a little little, little peek behind the, the the screen, if you will, behind the curtain. Um, HR Happy Hour HQ has relocated. That has happened since we've last uh, talked I to know. Our, How our is it? So you've it's, moved. We we're not going to disclose specifics. Okay. I want to I want to treat HR Happy Hour HQ like the Bat Cave a little bit, Trish. Oh, so okay. it has it has relocated south, and and we'll we'll leave it at Somewhere that. So uh, yes, Good. I'm excited about that though for for Ooh. various reasons. So that's that's my news, Trish. That that's actually big news. I mean, that takes a lot of time to move, so I don't envy that. Um, not as much disruption, I think, in my world right now. But I think with um, you know, it's just been a busy summer and a busy fall. So I just feel like a lot of work and a lot of um, school things going on. So yeah, it's been a pretty pretty hectic week for me here right. at uh, at headquarters here, <laughs> the Midwest all, branch. All right. good things, though. You know, all good things. So. Awesome. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, though, I am recording this show standing at my sort of standing area I have here uh, because not because I want to stand. It's because I, I actually don't own a chair right now. So no, you have no chairs in your place. I do not. So I have to go shopping uh, quickly. So enough about that. So, hey, real quick before we get on to today's topic, which is going to be super fun, we're going to talk about employer branding, internships. We've got a great guest waiting in the wings to join us. Uh, check out the network. Man, lots and lots of great shows coming up. Uh, so AI, stuff from stuff from the road coming up, stuff uh, 
actually, Trish, as people are listening to this, quite possibly the HR Tech Conference is happening right now as we speak. And so uh, great stuff happening at that conference as well. We do want you to reach out to us, right, for the last part of the year. We still have room in the calendar, maybe for a couple of more shows. So if you have an idea, a topic, or a guest uh, you'd like for us to, to have on or to talk about, uh, tweet at us at HR Happy Hour or send an email, steve at h3hr.com or trish at h3hr.com. And please do not forget the HR Happy Hour show is on your Alexa device. To add that version of the show, it's like two, three minutes each day or every couple of days. It's fun. Uh, go to your Amazon Alexa app. Just search for HR Happy Hour Skill and add that to your daily update. So, all right. That's it for announcements from me, Trish. Uh, anything uh, from you before we get on with it? No, let's get right into today's show. I'm really excited about the guest. Yeah, I am too. Our guest today is Mary Battle. Mary leads employer branding campus programs, and candidate experience at Panasonic Corporation of North America. In this role, Mary is responsible for program development and execution geared towards emerging talent across North America. As a true strategic brand builder, she brings the Panasonic employment experience to life on social media, the company's career site, and other recruitment sources. Mary also serves as the president of Level Up, which is Panasonic's millennial business impact group. She launched to help bridge generations and deepen employee engagement, allowing Panasonic's next generation of leaders to recognize and achieve their growth potential. Mary, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Panasonic, what a name, right? A legendary brand. In, in the pre-show we were talking about, all of us were trying to recall like some of the Panasonic equipment and devices we had in our lives uh, but Mary, you know, maybe just for folks who know the name, but maybe haven't kept up on kind of what Panasonic uh, is today and, and, and where maybe you're going, maybe give us a minute or so, a minute or two on, on Panasonic, the company, and where you guys are at today. Sure. Um, so Panasonic, we know the TVs, we know the cordless telephones, we know our Lumix cameras, but we're actually one of the largest product manufacturers in the world. And we have over 473 companies and over well over 200,000 employees worldwide. Um, we also own one of the world's largest patent portfolios. And as we mentioned, uh, while some people may still think of us as merely a consumer electronics company, we are really a global provider of comprehensive solutions for businesses and industries as well as uh, consumers. Um, so we have solutions for your home, your work, and your travel, really a full lifestyle end-to-end -end solutions company. Um, and in North America, Panasonic Corporation of North America is the principal subsidiary of our global parent company from okay. uh, Japan. Gotcha. So huge global brand, still active in, in lots, of, lots of markets, lots of verticals, right? Still a part of lots of, people, lots of people's lives, right, on a daily basis. That's pretty incredible. Indeed, it really is. Yeah, so let's get into it, Mary. You're, you're, you're responsible for branding and campus programs, candidate experience. That's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty wide portfolio and a really interesting one as well, especially for a company with such a tradition uh, as Panasonic and, and kind of a legendary tradition, right? At least certainly here. Uh, I mean, I remember eight-track players, I think. My, I had a little red TV, I think, you know, back in the day that I felt like it was a Panasonic <laughs> TV. I love that little TV. 
So maybe you could talk a little bit about how you think about uh, getting that Panasonic brand out there uh, when you're out actively recruiting, when you're competing for talent, when you're trying to sort of help people understand, potential job candidates understand uh, the company. How do you think about branding and what does branding mean to you in that context? Awesome. So you're right. We have a 101 year legacy. Um, we were founded in 1918 and it, the brand is very, very strong across the world. In North America, um, different than our counterparts in Japan, I think we have a really unique um, opportunity as we kind of understand what drives attracts and then drives attention for employees. So our biggest goal is to make sure that we are continuing to be in the conversation when uh, people think of what makes a great employer or a great place to work. Um, and our American work culture is very um, unique. It's uh, very mobile. There are lots of opportunities. So we really try to um, tailor fit our content for our audience and make sure that we're sharing on the right platform. Now, one, one question I have, and this is more of a, I guess, global type question, but I mean, obviously, you know, we, we've talked at the beginning here that it is such a well-known brand. Um, I think a lot of people might assume that that's always a good thing. Are there, are there challenges with that though? Because I mean, I think too, we're talking about like sort of historically how we viewed the Panasonic brand and, you know, I'm sure that it's it's evolved quite a bit over the years. Is that something that you have to really actively think about when you're when you're talking to potential employees or you know or customers or whatnot that the the brand has evolved and changed and grown? Um, I think it's less of a challenge and more of an opportunity to um, really share with others how we are evolving as a brand. Um, so back maybe 2013 when we really started telling our transformation from a b2c company to a b2b company that may have been a little bit more challenging but i think we've done a really great job across both the corporate brand um, and our technologies that move us and then also incorporating our employer brand to um, help educate uh, consumers as well as job seekers good that's good to hear yeah, Mary, that's uh, interesting. And, and um, managing that transition has got to be interesting as well and, and perhaps challenging. I wonder um, maybe more generally when we talk about, hey, part a major component of branding is, is helping candidates, potential candidates understand the unique nature of, of the culture of the organization and, and try to address that question. Hey, this really is a great place to work and, and here's why. What are some of the ways that, that you work on creating that message and spreading that message and, and specifically that, that feel that resonate and, and feel authentic, right? Because I feel like pretty much every company, right. At least tries to say, Hey, we're a great place to work. You know, you have, a, you'll have a great opportunity here. We all kind of say that we, maybe we all believe it, but how do you kind of create messaging like that and outreach like that, that actually is resonating and feels, feels authentic. That's a great question. Um, so I guess for us in our internal culture, every program, whether it's internal or external, really relates to our core business principle um, that we've had since our inception in 1918. So um, we have seven principles, contribution to society, fairness and honesty, cooperation and team spirit, untiring effort for improvement, 
courtesy and humility, as well as adaptability, and lastly, gratitude. And making sure that we tie every activation or campaign back to one of our core principles really delivers consistent messaging. And it also, it's very genuine. We believe those, we share them widely um, internally, and it's a part of our DNA. So that's how we kind of remain that consistency um, across campaigns. Yeah, so so the messaging, the campaigns, the outreach, if it's grounded in one or more of those principles, which you said now seems like we're talking about 100-year-old uh, principles here, uh, that's how it remains. That's, that's the authenticity part, it sounds like to me. 1,000%. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed, Mary, that you rattled off the seven principles, too. And I feel I, 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 I you know, we're doing this remotely. I don't believe you read them either. I felt like you recited those from memory. I think I'm right on that. <laughs> I, uh, I've had a lot of practice. We definitely, it's, uh, I can't say enough that it's really a part of our core and our culture. So it comes natural. You know, yeah. I, I agree, Steve. I was thinking the same thing as she was saying it. It really seems like that is something that's important because I think if you go to any company, of course, there are, you know, missions and values and all the things. And quite often employees really don't know what they are or don't connect to them. And I think it's really um, worth calling out the fact that not only do you know them and, and can recite them and, and say that they're shared widely, but to me, that makes, you know, anything you're doing externally facing from a, a branding and messaging standpoint, um, really unique because then any person that walks through your doors is going to hopefully hear that same message just in normal conversation. So that, you know, for example, like a lot of companies you'd think about, you know, maybe there's some recruiting brochures or online, you know, messaging, things like that. And when they actually come in for an interview, they might talk with a hiring manager or someone on a team who would have no idea what that particular campaign looks like. Um, it sounds like you wouldn't even have that problem, right? You would just have people who really believe what your um, what your core um, principles are, and then they can equate those back to all of the, the things you're working on. Is that you find that to be true then with the employees as well? Yeah, totally. Um, and it's not just consistent here. That's really a part of our brand globally. Um, they've been guiding our company for over a hundred years. And, um, I think that's really been also at the root of our success. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. I think that's, you know, and, and also it's like, we're talking about it pretty casually, but that's really, you know, years and years, obviously in the making too, because you can't just sort of flip a culture to become like that. Um, you know, but are there are there things that you think that you all are doing maybe for companies that don't feel like they have um, that level of sophistication when it comes to sort of believing um, and espousing their, their core principles? Like, are there are there little things that you um, all actively do maybe that could could help maybe a listener if they're thinking, wow, mine, you know, mine isn't quite like that. What are some things that maybe you think about when you are? talking with employees or candidates? That's a great question. So um, I think that the reminders which really um, get people to pay attention to our identity, our mission, our values, and really create that culture, they're all over. So on the back of our business cards, we have our seven business principles. It's one of the first things that new employees hear about uh, when they come for their first day. Um, in a more formal setting. It's talked about from the recruiter phone screen to their managers when they think about their evaluations 
uh, yearly or their talks on performance. It's really a part of our company DNA. I can't stress that enough. It, it's a part of everything that we do. And it really ties back to our foundation that was built on collaboration, um, diversity, and even tying into our community as well. Mary, that's a really excellent point. As you were talking about the principles earlier and, and sort of then describing about how they're on the business cards and it's the first thing folks see, I, I think that also speaks back to that authenticity idea that I talked about a little, a little earlier, right? One of the challenges we have or we've seen with organizations who are doing really extensive or comprehensive uh, branding slash uh, marketing exercises, right, to, to attract candidates, and they can be great, but if the candidates then eventually become new hires and they come in and all of a sudden the things that they read, the things that they were told, the things that they sensed about the company end up being a lot different in real life once they're act they've actually joined, then you've got this huge disconnect, right? And it sounds like by, by centering or anchoring the activities uh, through the recruitment process and through the onboarding process. And then, you know, I'd imagine through, you know, the first 30, 60, 90 days and beyond around these core principles, you have less risk of that happening, right? Of folks coming in and saying, Hey, you sold me something that's much different than what the reality is, I'd imagine. Exactly. That's been uh, some of the feedback that we've consistently gotten as well. Hey, uh, Mary, there's something else in the show notes I thought was interesting. I thought maybe we could talk about a little bit, which is the fact that um, Panasonic is a, a global company, still headquartered in Japan, I think, right? And uh, it started there. And, uh, I, and, and, you know, does that cause, how does that work, I guess? You're working in North America, uh, branding, uh, doing branding and marketing and attraction, uh, I've imagined for the North American market is, is there kind of a blending of, of sort of ideas or thoughts or, or company cultures, et cetera, that happens in a huge global company, particularly one where business is a little different in Japan. I, I haven't been there, only been there once and I know a little bit about it, but I imagine, I don't know, is, is there something, is there anything there that you have to manage and, and have to be mindful of, um, that, that, that distinction? So that's a great question. Um, I really focus more on the North America brand, um, mm -hmm. and it's definitely guided by our parent company in Japan, but we are, we function very differently because we have such different workforces, and um, I think, again, that founding in our basic business principles and philosophy is what unites us, Right. Um, but definitely have the space to cultivate and create our programs that work for our culture um, here as well. Let me do a quick reset. This is the HR Happy Hour Show. We are our guest today. My name is Steve Bose. Our guest today is Mary Battle uh, from Panasonic. Trish McFarlane, of course, here with us as well. We're talking about branding and uh, talking about getting the organization, uh, rooting branding and organizational principles, right, for the best chance of success and can sort of continued authenticity and the best way to connect with candidates. I think one more, Mary, for me, uh, just on the branding stuff, and then we, we want to talk about internships a little bit, is uh, how do you guys stay on top of things that change? Like you're doing a lot of outbound, a lot of outreach. You're you're active in, in social media, right? Promoting Panasonic and in, 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 in connecting with candidates, et cetera. How do you kind of uh, manage to stay on top of, I don't know, new platforms, new trends, new ways of connecting? I hate to say it, well, yeah, but it's in the bio a little bit, you know, hitting hitting that millennial and even Gen, Gen Z cohort now and, and what they're up to, uh, what nonsense they're up to. How do you guys stay on top of kind of the changes in just technology and, and changes in, in how people want to interact and learn about a company like Panasonic? 
That's a great question. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind is that our internship program definitely helps with that. Um, I'm a millennial myself, and uh, I find that a lot of times there are things that I might have an idea of, but not necessarily know how to activate for uh, business use. And sure. so that's where we kind of, our workforce uh, and the diversity within our workforce really helps us to stay relevant, stay on top of trends. Um, and as well as we're very transparent internally. So if we um, have an opportunity, um, we seek to explore opportunities endlessly. If that might mean engaging a vendor to help us, if we don't necessarily have the expertise right away, uh, we are open to exploring all types of opportunities. Yeah, I got to believe that's really critical. I don't know what they're up to these days. You have young young kids, Trish. I, I, what, what are they up to? It's ridiculous. You know what? I mean, I, look, I, I think that I, I sort of go back and forth. I mean, there are lots of times where I think there are some key differences, obviously, with you know the younger generation. But then a lot of what they want is really what we always wanted that maybe, maybe now there's just more attention and focus on them. So maybe they're more likely to get some of the, um, the different types of communication and perks and things like that. I mean, so I don't know. I don't, I guess overall, I would say, I don't, I don't think they're all that different. It's just maybe, um, maybe as leaders, we're, we're finally implementing some changes being, um, more transparent in the way that we communicate, for example, um, obviously, you know, buying technologies to really empower and support work as opposed to, you know, kind of uh, make, make people feel it's bogged down. So I don't know. I, I just, I, you can probably talk to me tomorrow and I might have a completely different answer. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I do have teenagers. And again, I think they want a lot of the same things that, that we wanted when we were that age, you know, they want to, they want a place where they feel like they belong and where they're valuable and where they can make a difference. And so you know, any, I think any company that can make someone feel like that is, is going to be successful, you know, no matter what you're building or, or, or what type of service you provide. So that's really the key difference. And I, you know, what, what we're talking about here in terms of, you know, it's not just about branding and it's not just about having a great internship program. It's, it's what Panasonic's doing to demonstrate this is the way they live um, at work that's going to make people feel like they really want to be part of that. Um, I think that's what, what the real differentiator is, is being able to, to do that. Cause that's really hard to do sometimes. If I may, um, Chris, you bring up a really interesting point about uh, across generations, what we want hasn't really changed. And I can't agree more um, about that. I think that, Two things. We have a really unique opportunity, or we've had a unique opportunity recently with uh, the rise of access to data and making more data-driven decisions. So mm -hmm. not everything is broken, and we don't need to fix everything. Um, and some of the ways that we have done and continue to do business, they're great. They work. Uh, it's just about optimizing and seeing where we have um, some areas for actionable insight. Um, and I think that's something that We've seen more recently as uh, the workflow has, or the workforce and workflow has kind of just been optimized. You know what, Mary? I would like if I could stand up and and give you a standing ovation right now. That's what I would do because it's, <laughs> you know it's it's good to hear that because I do feel like there's so much you know 
whether it's through social media or on the news or whatever, it's just that, you know, work is broken. HR is broken. Technology is broken. It's like everything needs to be fixed and no one's ever satisfied with just like you're saying, sort of optimizing. It's funny. There's a friend of the show, uh, Dr. Matt Stalick, who is a professor of HR and HR technology at St. Norbert College. And they were just getting ready a week or so ago to start up the new school semester. And he asked, what should he be saying to these HR students? And it was funny. I think a lot of people were probably being cheeky, but they were saying things like, oh, you know, things need to be fixed and this and that. And my answer was basically what you just said. It's like, not everything is broken. HR is not bad, right? HR <laughs> is, is trying to do really good things. And goodness, I hope for the last five, 10, 20 years that we have been making progress. So um, number one, to hear you're a millennial. Number two, hear you say that, like that's, to me, that again, that goes back to if you're in that culture, though, where that's sort of a very positive um, approach on a consistent basis within your company, it makes sense that, you know, you would be seeing it that way, that it's not broken, which I think is absolutely perfect. I, I'd echo that, Trish, as a, as a fellow millennial. Um, oh, we, you are are. <laughs> we, we are. We are. Optimistic. We have yeah. to have boomers represented. There you are. Hey, now let's let's settle down <laughs> over there. Uh, all right. Hey. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk later. We can connect on a different level, Trish. You're, you're just not getting us. So that's fine. So the, you mentioned internships, uh, and we did want to talk a little bit about that today. And I am interested in this. All kidding aside about my millennial status, I do have some vested interest in what's going on with corporate internships. I've got a child of my own that I will be steering into this direction very shortly. But uh, uh, Amanda, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit. Uh, how are you engaging with uh, that really, you know, emerging cohort that are potential, you know, uh, uh, workers, potential hires in the future that you bring into the organization as interns? I mean, internships are such a, it's a common term. Lots of companies have them, but I'm not sure lots of companies really are getting the most out of their internship programs by being kind of thoughtful about them and purposeful about them. I'd love for you to maybe just give us a little bit of overview about what you guys do uh, and how, what you think about inter internships and internship programs at Panasonic. Awesome. So I think chiefly, um, it has to be a mutually beneficial experience to be a successful program. Um, and so we have like really three pillars of our program um, for success. We hire based on a cultural fit. Um, we pair interns with good coaches who can foster that development and get interns engaged with meaningful work and also experts in their field. So it's um, really important to create an environment where the business benefits, but the student also benefits. And it's not, uh, here, go get some coffee or make some copies or yeah. meaningly like meaning menial tasks sorry um it's very meaningful uh so we incorporate contribution to society again as our first principle we incorporate volunteer opportunities for our interns um to partake in we have networking events with them we have our executives come share their experiences and get face-to-face -face time and allow for these students to interact with our CEO and uh, other key high-level executives. So it's definitely a symbiotic relationship, if you will, in the sense that it has to work on both on both fronts, the student front as well as the employer front. 
Yeah, Mary, that's a great uh, observation. And I think uh, right, all, too, all too often, right, we see that uh, companies do these just for, I don't know, just because they think they have to or they should or, or the CEO's kid needs a summer job, right? So uh, he or she is now an intern uh, in, in one of the departments for the summer. Um, is, is, or what, in, what are the folks who maybe more recently are in the internship program? Maybe, maybe the summer internship program is probably over now, but uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from the interns themselves, whether it's formal, if you survey them, or just informal, just from talking with them about the kinds of things they're looking for, the kinds of experiences they're trying to get out of internships? And, and if so, what, what's interesting about what they're looking for? Uh, that's a great question. So we actually, we survey our interns twice throughout our more formalized summer program. We do have uh, interns all year round. So mm -hmm. um, that's something that I think is pretty great that they're able to um, contribute, not just for one semester or the summer season. Um, but some of the feedback that we've gotten is that they were challenged. They felt like they were making a contribution. They didn't feel like they were just an intern. They really felt like they were a part of the team. Um, and I think that's a real testament to some of the work that we've done on the HR front with engaging our managers, uh, giving them um, the opportunity to hire an intern as they would any other full-time employee or contract employee. It's really from the employment, uh, from the beginning of we, when we get the rec in in HR, it's the same process just about as a full-time employee. So okay. it kind of sets the tone for the internship as, more serious. It's not just assigned, um, or we're doing this for the summer and that's it. It's and the hiring managers, they have the same consistency on the other end. We also implemented a more formalized uh, performance review structure for interns where they get goals and they have those check-ins with their managers and they complete a performance review. So um, I think that's all-encompassing of what we've heard, that it's a very uh, engaging program. Uh, we, At every point, we try to make it mirror the employment experience that we have at Panasonic. Yeah, Mary, that's really cool. And it definitely uh, it, it's resonates, right, with what we've heard from a couple of other folks we've talked to who, who are really seeing success with these kinds of programs. One company we talked to fairly recently, I think he said they converted almost 60 or 80% of, of interns into full-time hires, right? After the, after an internship program. I don't know if that's part of what you're trying to do here too, but I'd imagine at least for those interns that do convert uh, eventually to full-time uh, employees, they, they, they probably really just well-prepared, ready to go. They, and they know that they're a match, right? They know that they kind of fit in and, and, and they're going to be welcome there and they, they can succeed there. I, I wonder just if you could comment about just that process and, and, and what you've seen from interns that eventually do convert into, into full-time employees after, after they graduate. Certainly. Um, that's why cultural fit is important when you're hiring an intern. We do have quite a few intern conversions and not only on the conversion side, but as I mentioned, we have interns year round. We had 65% of our summer interns continue into um, the fall semester. Mm, and they wow. continue beyond that. Um, so it's, I think it's a really strong testament to the program and the types of opportunities that are being uh, provided when uh, we have such a large attention rate on, I mean, the students are staying, but the hiring managers are also offering for them to stay, which is great. And the goal is 
to um, help build that talent pipeline uh, to usher in the next generation of Panasonic employees. Yeah. Mary, I would be curious, and I don't know if this is something you track, but do you track um, sort of tenure of former interns, maybe compared to people who were not interns? Do you find that that's um, like an even more valuable um, source of hire for you? Do they stay longer? And I guess the second question related to that is, um, once they are an employee, do you find that they tend to be more willing to be involved in the intern program for future intern groups? That's a great question. And it's something that we are starting to really compile data on now. Um, so our more formalized program, um, we've always had interns. It's a little on the newer side. And mm -hmm. so we're starting to really compile that data now. And I would be interested um, if at some point later to be able to answer that question for you more concretely. Um, but it's definitely something that we're looking at as we continue to see uh, an uptick in the amount of conversions that we, we do have. Good. Yeah. I'd be, I mean, you know, down the road, it would be interesting to see what that turns out like, because I think when I was a practitioner and, and I've worked in places where we've had, you know, large number of interns over years, I think that was something we weren't tracking, but it would be probably really valuable to know, um, you know, it, number one, do they stay longer and, or, or, or are, you know, are they better performers? Do they get promoted um, faster? Like what are the benefits actually of being an intern if there are, are some longer term benefits? And then, you know, if they actually then wind up being some of your biggest um, supporters of the, the program going forward. I guess like, you know, in theory, you would think that would be the case, right? You would think that those things are all true. So it'd be interesting to see if that actually played out. I will be sure to let you know. <laughs> Good. Okay. If you go right there, uh, we'll talk in a year or yeah. so. <laughs> all I've been thinking is like, I, I kind of wish the world was a little different back when I was going through this process. Like my, my internship, like Trisha, I, I worked as a groundskeeper in a cemetery, like for two years. It, it, yeah. And that, that didn't prepare me for anything. I guess it prepared me for thinking I really don't want to work in a cemetery my whole life. No, I guess. You know what? I think internships were just viewed very differently. I, I worked, you know, I had an internship at one of the biggest law firms, if not the biggest law firm in St. Louis when I was in college. And, you know, they stuck us in the records room where we were like changing, you know, records from paper over to computer. It was like, so it was more just like meaningless tasks sort of stuff. It was sort of like cheap labor for them. So I, Again, I think, you know, when you look at what Mary is trying to do um, with Panasonic and the internship program, it's a whole different way of, again, you were talking about making people feel like they belong, making them want to stay so that they're valuable employee con um, contributors going forward. I mean, I don't know that that's what internships or many internships, you know, 20 years ago were thinking about. It was really just like, hey, we'll get these people in here and, you know, have them make copies for three months and and maybe we hire them, maybe we don't. Right. So it's just different. Yeah. Mary, last thing for me, uh, if you had to think about, you know, going into the fall, into next year, is there one or two things that you're thinking about? Like, hey, this is kind of where things are going here, whether it, whether it's on the branding subject that we talked about a little bit or the, the, the marketing and attraction area or in the internship area, that, hey, this is coming up next or this is the, this is the thing we're going to chase after next or, or we're just doubling down on all the things we're good at now. Just kind of where do you see the next, I don't know, 12, 18 months going uh, from your perspective? So on the internship front, I think that we do a great job of 
um, hiring for our summer program and we're and our intern development series in the summer where we provide those opportunities to really engage the interns in our work culture. Um, and I think we have a lot of great opportunities to do the same thing year round since we do have interns in the fall and spring semesters as well. So creating more of a formalized development program for those two semesters. Um, so I guess that's on the intern front. And then on the brand front, I really think it's being consistent and doubling down on some of the things that we've done that we're really getting great engagement and get great traction on. Uh, we have a lot of opportunity uh, as our business continues to change and we evolve as a company. Um, but one thing that does remain the same is that uh, we are a great place to work and we have amazing people. Our culture and our workforce, um, at least I may be a little biased, but <laughs> it's, okay. it's unmatched. <laughs> you have to be, right? You're out there leading the charge here. So you've got to believe it and, and you got to make sure we, we understand. So no, Mary, great stuff, Trish. I, this is super conversation. And uh, it, Trish, I just say something. It's great to see a fellow millennial doing amazing things in the world. Oh, goodness. I'm leaving it that. <laughs> leaving it that. I love it. All right. Mary Battle from Panasonic. Uh, so uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, fantastic conversation all around branding, internships, and connecting with the next generation of talent. You can check out some of the great stuff happening at Panasonic and some of the great stuff Mary and her team are doing. And I'll put this link in the show notes as well, but you can go to careers.na.panasonic.com slash students. That's careers.na.panasonic.com slash students. And again, we'll put that link in the show notes to connect with Panasonic and learn more about what they are doing. Mary Battle from Panasonic, thank you so much for joining us on the HR Happy Hour show today. Thank you, Steve and Trish. Thank All you. Right. Our pleasure. All right, Trish, another another great Happy Hour show in the books. That's We're killing right. it. I'm going to say that ourselves. The most downloaded, <laughs> the most popular HR podcast there is. I don't get this. I don't say that out loud often enough. But I'm going to I'm going to congratulate you, Trish. Because it's mostly you're doing. Well, it's it's really our listeners. They yeah. are so loyal, and I was just telling someone the other day, it's fun to travel and hear, you know, people who are listening that you know we've never met, never, uh, you know, may not ever hear from them on email or Twitter, but they're just they're very loyal. So I do appreciate it. They're out there. HR Happy Hour Nation. So anyway, thanks to Mary Battle, of course, Trish. Thank you. My name is Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.